everyone and welcome back to Presenting Pixie Dust. I am Elizabeth Carr and I am joined again by the wonderful and amazing Brett Harvey. Hi everyone. And we are back. Yeah, yeah. Back in business to talk about a classic Disney flick this week, The Great Mouse Detective. Dun, dun, dun. Had you seen this film before, Brett? I had not. No, well, you know, it's because it was quite from quite a long time ago, wasn't it? 1986. So yeah. I would have been a young kid when it came out. Sure. I would have been six years old. And you never saw this Bright-eyed, one? Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I probably did. Yeah. But me, like, consciously remembering that I did is another thing. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you watch all sorts of... You watch anything. True. Because you were just, like, happy to be sitting in front of the television. You okay. Know? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a sports family, but, like... You just love the TV, and I remember Dad would get sick of us fighting over what we were going to watch, and he'd pull the knob, the on-off knob, out of the television. Oh, no! And then push the little bit in so that we couldn't turn it on. But we were clever, more clever than that. Of course. And so we would get a pair of pliers from the shed and reach in and pull this oh, button goodness. out. Because <laughs> we wanted to watch cartoons. That's such a boy thing to do. So, yeah, I probably did see this movie. You just don't remember it? Um, no. Nah, no memory of this one? Um, I watched this movie a lot growing up. This was one of the movies that we had on VHS. Yeah. And I don't know how or when we acquired it or how it came to be that we had this movie because this movie doesn't seem like one that you'd give three little girls to watch because <laughs> this is a scary movie. Yeah. This is scary. This one is really yeah. scary. And I remember being really scared by it. When I was young, but we had it and we watched it a lot. It was in mm. regular rotation of our Disney VHSs. What's that movie where Mickey Mouse is the magician? Is it Fantasia? Called? Fantasia. That, that's got some scary parts in there. Oh, the, the whole like devil at the end. Yeah. The last sequence in that is So I kind horrifying. of think like there's elements of this movie that are in the same kind of vein. It's you know? very dark. It, it, it pushes what's kind of a, you know, you would question it these days if you're going to show that to kids. Oh, you would never get you know. away with this movie in to, in 2020. Yeah. Never. Just from the the point of view of how many how much smoking and gun brandishing and yeah. drinking tobacco and depictions stuff there is in this. You would never get away with this movie yeah. in 2020 and still let it have a G rating. Yep. Like it does. Mm. Uh, but it's great. I love this film. All right, you ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right, The Great Mouse Detective premiered July 2nd, 1986. Wow. It has a runtime of 74 minutes, so it's quite a short one, mm. an hour and 14 minutes, and it has a 7.2 on IMDb and 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. So wow. it is rated really well. Really well. Yeah. That's better than Dumbo. Yeah, it's better than a lot of things <laughs> I've watched. Though I don't always agree with no. the ratings on those because you know how they did My Mighty Ducks Dirty. Yeah. Um, but... It's Yeah, it's been rated really, really well. Mm. All right, you ready to get into some fun facts? Yeah, yeah. Fun fact number one, this is Disney's 26th animated feature film. Wow. 26 in the list. Yeah, okay. Uh, fun fact number two, The Great Mouse Detective is based on the Basil of Baker Street book series by Eve Titus. This is based ah. on some literature. It's already around. Not yeah. on Sherlock Holmes. Not on Sherlock Holmes. No. But it had very Sherlocky stuff going on there. I think the books were probably based yeah. on Sherlock Holmes. There was a lot that of, has to have been. There was a lot of implications, a lot of inference about Sherlock Holmes and the whole thing. Well, he lives on Baker Street. And he ba it's basically, yeah, it is basically. It just mirrors the story. Yeah, and obviously they're trying to avoid copyright issues. <laughs> you know? All right, um, 
Fun fact number three, the clock tower scene, which is like the climactic scene right yeah. at the end of the movie, is the first major use of computer animation mm. in a feature-length animated film. And yeah. that is referring to the, the gears yeah, on the course. clock as it moves around. I wrote that down. Yeah? I'm a gears man. You are a gears man. Yeah. So yeah. the same scene was also the first time traditionally animated characters were put inside a computer-generated background. Yeah. So what the um, animators did was first the computer animation was done and then it was printed out so that the animators could superimpose the characters onto it and they got yeah. all the dimensions right. Yes, it was hand-drawn on top of the printouts of the computer animation. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, it's very cool. I knew you'd like that one because I know how you love the computer animation mm. stuff. Fun fact number four, the role of Ratigan, who is the villain in this film, is played by legendary actor Vincent Price. And during the recording of his lines, the animator sketched his exaggerated Shakespearean gestures and worked them into the animated poses for Radigan. Yeah. So that came from Vincent Price's movements, which is a classic thing that most animators do. Where you watch the actors doing the lines and then they draw them and you see their own actors' characteristics in the characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, fun fact number five. The Let Me Be Good To You segment, which is a sexy mouse song in this that we, we will get to this song, uh, was almost cut because though it's very short, <laughs> the lyrics and some animation was considered too risque for a Disney animated family oh. film. The animators avoided a PG rating and got the scene kept in <laughs> by appealing to the censors on the grounds that the segment was a cabaret song and the lyrics are harmless. And because a character that is animated and singing is a mouse and yeah. not a human, so it's fine. <laughs> Can't be sexualized. No, because it's fine, because it's a mouse. Well, not to mention the fact that that was completely unnecessary to oh, the absolutely. story. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. It's just they could have just pulled it out and it would not have made any difference. Not a single difference Look, to the... maybe, I don't know, you know what, you've heard of furries. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Like, maybe, maybe... You know, I'm just saying some things start somewhere. You think that this is the birth of fairies? It could it? be. Like okay. the, it's it's <laughs> it, it like you, honestly, it sexualizes rodents. Yes, it does. All right, moving on. <laughs> Fun fact number six. How do you even do that? Sorry, how do you even do that? But, yeah, yeah, they, it well, seems they like did they it. did. Yeah. They put them in a little, like, burlesque outfit yeah. and make them strut around the stage. So... That's how you sexualize a rodent. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for number six? Yeah, yeah. This is one of the few Disney movies to take place entirely at night. There are no scenes that take place during the day at any point in this film. Yeah. So it's a very dark, just visually a very dark it movie. Is. And I wonder whether that's because, you know, mice often come out at night time. Maybe. And do stuff. That would make sense. Mm. Fun fact number seven, the first meeting between Basil and Dawson where Basil guesses he came from Afghanistan and gives a complicated explanation about how he assumes it mm. mirrors the first meeting between Holmes and Watson in Arthur Conan Doyle's A Study in Scarlet, which is the first Sherlock Holmes novel, mm. where Holmes does essentially the exact same thing. Yeah, sums him up. He just gets it. Yeah. Uh, and our last fun fact, fun fact number eight, this is the directorial debut for John Musker and Ron Clements respectively. Later, they would go on to direct in partnership with each other The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog, and Moana. Yeah. And this was their first directorial role together as wow. a team. Wow. And I think just first directorial roles in general, these two. Yeah. So they are Disney legends. What a great start. Yeah. And then to go on to do those incredible 
films, we'll forget about Treasure Planet, but otherwise incredible <laughs> films <laughs> is really like they were responsible we're gonna for have to a watch lot. treasure planet haven't you seen treasure planet nah well it's because you could it's very missable <laughs> like no it's fine it's just not you know the little mermaid yep yep <laughs> all right are we ready to crack on yeah i'm ready to move on fantastic okay so there are a few parts of this movie that i particularly want to talk about first of all the opening scene mm. where we open into flavishems who is a toy maker yep and in London. In London. And it says 1897. Yes. So it paints the picture very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, it's very gloomy. Is it London like, very gloomy? I've yeah, never been to London. Yeah. It's it's a stereotype, but it, it's a fitting stereotype. Well, they're stereotypes for a reason, <laughs> aren't they? Flavishems, yeah. Flavishems. And we have the this lovely little mouse who is making oh, toys. Yeah. So With his daughter. So what's really important for everyone to know is that this little, it's a little toy shop for like animals. For mm-hmm. it's by, so it's in the streets of London, in amongst the in amongst the streetscape and the houses and the, the shops is a little tiny like a hole in the wall shop run by mice. Very little tiny, like m- mouse size. Yeah. <laughs> mouse and we, size. And the thing about this movie is we don't really ever see humans. No. In it at all, I don't think. No. We, re- we see him a couple of times. So we see the sort of depictions of Sherlock Holmes, like the silhouette of him and Watson yeah. in the house in Baker Street when we go to Basel. Mm. So it's almost like this story runs parallel with mm-hmm. real life people, but yeah. they're not really involved in this story at all. No, not at all. So this is completely about the mice. Yeah. Slash rats. Yeah, there's no interaction with uh, humans. No. No. So we're at Flavisham's. We're with this lovely father-daughter duo. And they're making sort of animatronic toys. Little robot, Little robotic toys and stuff. And I always, when I was a kid and I watched this opening scene, when he pulls out, when Mr. Flavisham pulls out the toy for Olivia Mm. and it's this little ballerina that turns from like a tulip into this ballerina dancing toy. Mm. When I was a kid, I so wanted that toy. Yeah. It just is beautiful. And I, even though logistically I, my mind doesn't understand how it can move <laughs> that way when it was in that other shape, where, when there's no joins in the legs <laughs> yeah. or anything, like my brain yeah. gets that. I just still really, really, really wanted one. But this movie gets scary super fast. Mm. Like in the first few minutes, Mr. Flavisham gets kidnapped yep. by this horrible freaky looking bat yeah who is the same size as the mice so this must be an incredibly small bat <laughs> like yeah. really really small yeah when yeah. you see him later compared to the, the what's the um what's the bat's name oh fidget fidget, fidget. so yeah. when you see fidget later comparatively with radigan and with the cat he is very very small like he's like the size of a butterfly yeah He's butterfly size this bat with his little peg leg is there any botanists that, not botanists um <laughs> Insectologists? Yeah, oh, no, they're not. Well, insects. there's not an insect. He's the size of an insect. Is it, what is it? A bat? It's a batologist. It's not a mat. No, it's a marsupial. No, it's a. Well, isn't it? It is a marsupial, isn't is it? it? Yeah. It has yeah. Pa- Do they have pouch? No, they. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what a. It's a mammal. I know that they can. There can. There are some really small bats, but that one seemed exceptionally small. Yeah, that's the biggest. And I don't even think there would have been a problem with it if it was bigger. 
Well, it wouldn't have fit in all the little spaces where the mice were. (laughs) Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, it's practical. Yeah, so the father is kidnapped by the bat, and we're given no reason why this has happened. They've Mm. just sort of come in, kidnapped the father, left the little girl because she hides, and that's it, which is a really horrible, traumatising, scary way to start. (laughs) But it does set the tone for the rest of the film. Um, And then we meet Dawson, who starts by narrating his journey and then doesn't narrate again until right at the end. Yeah. Um, who stumbles upon Olivia and they go and find Basil. Yeah, so the scene has got this sorrow-filled violin music and we cut across to them finding Basil of Baker Street, the detective, mm-hmm. of which the movie is named after. And he's a, it's very Sherlocky Holmes, like we said, and he's a very sort of a very quick talker, very quick thinker, and he tries, you know, sums up these these two characters very quickly. And they explain that her dad has been stolen, kidnapped mm-hmm. by this bat. And he says, ah, Professor Radigan. Dun, dun, dun. So he's had dealings with Radigan in he the past. He knows him well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's he explains so dr- that he's the evil villain. Yeah. He's super dramatic, Basil. Yeah, he is. He's brandishing his gun around like it's nobody's business. There is no way in a 2020 children's film you would have somebody brand brandishing a gun around at people. Mm. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Imagine the live-action version of this movie. (laughs) Sorry. I think that the gun is going to be the least of your problems in a live-action version of a movie about mice. (laughs) But, sure. Um, And, yeah, he's so dramatic and it's great. I loved when another thing when I was a kid and I watched this movie. I loved when they sort of maid, housemaid, Mm. The housemaid at Baker Street asks Olivia if she would like some cheese crumpets because I just thought that's the, like the most delicious and tea. sound and tea. Cheese crumpets and tea. I'm like, yes, mm. anything can be solved by cheese crumpets and tea. When I was a kid, cheese crumpets sounded like the most delicious thing ever. <laughs> um, I don't think now knowing what a crumpet is and thinking how you would put cheese, like maybe it's like a cheese yeah, scone. You, 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 know, you melt, you melt, get the crumpet, yeah. you put the cheese on top and you melt it under the griller. Well, why wouldn't you just have toast <laughs> or a because, scone because I or a biscuit. why would you eat crumpets for any reason like because they're delicious that's right <laughs> you put cheese on it and it's even more delicious okay fair yeah, enough yeah, yeah, yeah. um we cross across to rat again oh and he's he's stolen olivia's dad to create some kind of a robot we're yes. not sure what the plot really is there with no. that but some kind of robot he's been held against his will flavisham doesn't want to do it so Radigan has to send Fidget to go and get Olivia as like a incentive yeah. for Flavisham to work. And we find out that Radigan does not want to be referred to as a rat. No, he hates he's that. He's a mouse, even though he's clearly a rat because he's huge comparatively to the other mice. And he has a rat yeah. tail and rat features. Uh, but he does not want to be called a rat. And we have possibly one of the moments of my childhood again that's uh. given me PTSD which is everything gets really quiet and he takes out the little bell and he rings the little bell. Yeah. And then this big scary cat comes and eats one of the mice. Murders yeah. the mice. Yeah. Murders him. In yeah. like in silhouette form, but murders him nonetheless. And I remember again being so scared of that mm. moment when the bell came out. 
Because that was terrifying. It was horrifying. And yeah, even yeah, when yeah. I watched it now, I f- I'd forgotten about the cat and the bell oh. until we watched it. And then when he pulled the bell out, I went, oh, no. Like, I yeah. remember this now. But I had forgotten about it before that. It brought back some feelings. F- of Felicia the cat. You know, yes. it's it's funny because, you know, when animals are portrayed as talking and acting like people and mm-hmm. then something like that happens, it's the same as... You know, an adult movie where someone is put to death in a horrible way. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, it was scary. Um, yeah, that's that's up there. It was really scary. Yeah, but Radigan sang a song as well. They sang a song with Radigan, the, all the rats. And that was... Oh, Radigan. Yeah. Oh, Radigan. Radigan. <laughs> we don't even know the words. But it was funny. It was... And it was... That was really interesting because... All of a sudden, it was kind of like this musical. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was. Was there, Were there any other songs before that? There wasn't. I don't was think there? so. No, no, all of a sudden, we went from now we're really scared to now we're just breaking into a musical number Yeah. about this villain Yeah. with Vincent Price singing to us Yeah. It as was a rat. Great. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, there are quite a few jump scares in this movie of mm. Fidget sort of sticking his head in and going, or whatever it's sound he makes. <laughs> That are just really scary. Mm. And he did that a few times. And he does that in the toy shop when he's going to try and find Olivia. And he's got this list of things that he's got to go and get as well. And I love that scene in the toy shop because it's so dark and it's kept very quiet. And then we have these big scary moments of fidget and Mm. other things happening in the toy shop. Because they know that he's there as well. And they're trying to sort of work out what's happening. Because up until this point... Uh, Basil and Watson and Olivia don't know what's going on other than the fact that her father has been stolen. So there's this sort of little bit of dramatic irony as you go where the audience knows stuff that the characters in the movie don't know. Mm. And that's one of those moments where you go, oh, no, but if you only knew. And he's going and getting things like gears. And we don't, we don't yeah. as the audience, know why this is happening either. So we know that he's got to get gears and uniforms, uniforms. and other stuff on the list. Yeah. And then he's got to go and get the girl as well. And like, I think it's quite clever in in many ways. Like the idea that he needs to get uniforms for the other mice mm-hmm. and rats. But we don't uh, know that. And what? so he takes uniforms off the the toy soldiers yeah. from the humans toy shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the toy shop that they're at now is the human humans shop, toy shop, not the mouse toy shop where they were before. Uh, and they also get another character involved. Mm-hmm. They get Toby the dog. Toby the dog. And he's like this real kind of... Like a bloodhound? Yeah, bloodhound. Or like a beagle. He's like a beagle. Yeah. He's got those big, long, floppy ears. And it just creates a bit of comedy within yeah. that. There's some funny stuff going on there. I really enjoyed it. There was a bit of slapstick and, you know, lots sort of stuff. But all the other animals can talk except Toby. Like, Toby doesn't talk yeah. at all. Yeah, He's just this big, goofy dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny really where cute. they draw the line. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I have a problem with that part of the movie. Why can't the dog talk? If we're in this universe where everyone can talk, why can't the dog talk? Yeah. Anyway, so when Fidget takes Olivia, he, again, scares them by getting in, like, this baby crib and jumping out, and it's just horrifying. And he gets her and he takes her. Mm. And they've got to try and work out, you know, where they are, and they end up at this pub down at the waterfront. Yeah. Watson and the dodgy pub, the just dodgy pub down by the waterfront, yep. where we get the sexy mouse song. Yeah, the sexy. I wrote down. She does a sexy dance. She does the chick mouse. <laughs> Why? It seems Why? ludicrous yeah. to say it like that. 
Yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh, just she's, she's sexualized and she does a sexy dance. It's like, like who are they trying to entertain with that? But she's, <laughs> it's even worse because they're at this pub down at the docks, and the you know the sailors are all hooting and hollering at her and trying to climb up on the stage. The yeah. sailor mice, are, and they're all drunk. Everyone mm. is drunk at this pub. Visibly drunk. They've got like steins of yeah. beer and they're all falling over each other. Well, they and get stuff. into a bar fight. They get know, into like... a proper bar fight <laughs> over this mouse. Yep. This like sexy mouse. And I just don't uh... understand. Like, I don't understand. And even as a kid watching this, I remember watching that scene going, this is inappropriate. Like, Maybe I feel like I shouldn't be watching this part. Maybe there's like life lessons in it for kids, you know, like, don't go to dodgy pubs. Because there's bar fights, don't drink a lot of beer, you know. I don't know. There's, you know, what's the life lesson in there? What's the moral of the story? I don't know. But isn't one of them? Isn't one of them drugged as well? Yeah. They yeah. drug one of them. Yeah, they drug. They drug Watson. Uh no. Yeah. Yeah. They drug Watson, and like not only like they're getting slipped roofies, they're at a bar. Yeah. People are drunk. There's fights breaking. Like, come on. They drug Dawson. Not oh, what's, oh, sorry, my yeah. mistake. Yes, yeah. Dawson. Sorry, my mistake, my mistake. You knew what I meant. Just think Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. Do, do, do. I don't want to wait. Yeah, okay. I'm, re- I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> oh, gosh. But then once... So we fast forward. Yes, blah, fast blah, blah, forward, fast forward. ends up capturing um, Dawson and Basil. And, Basil mm-hmm. and he puts them into a very complicated execution plan. <laughs> It's like it's super completely yeah. set up to fail, you know, like yeah. because and he because he then sets like and effectively sets a timer and then mm-hmm. walks away. You know, it's a bit like that whole um, Doctor Evil in Austin Powers, yes. where <laughs> well, this, though Doctor Evil came after this, yes, um, even still, it's the same kind of thing. Like I'll set this trap, which is going to kill you, but I'm going to give you. Lots of opportunities to escape. You know? Yeah, I think that this is a really important point for Basil too, though, because he had been outsmarted. This yeah. is the first point in the movie where Radigan has outsmarted him. When they get there to go and um, yeah. get Olivia back, they're all expecting them, and he was late. They expected him fifteen minutes earlier. Yeah, and then yeah, and that was I think a really important moment character-wise for Basil because mm. he's laying there about to be executed, and he sort of has a. He's like re- he's resigned to the fact he's yeah. going to die. He's given up. He's been, he's been outsmarted. outsmarted. He's embarrassed. His ego's bruised. Mm. And we find out Radigan's leaving to go to Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. because it's the Queen's the, Jubilee. Yeah, the the <laughs> the the mouse Buckingham Palace. Yes. So there's a small Buckingham Palace inside of the larger Buckingham Palace, and the Queen is actually a mouse. So it's like Queen. Victoria, yeah, that would have been the equivalent of Queen Victoria. Yeah, yes, it yeah. looked like Queen Victoria. It did. It actually, <laughs> yeah. did yeah. So not the prettiest girl around, but anyway, it's another story. <laughs> um. Okay, you're gonna make sweeping statements like that about a monarch and then just leave them. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, the plan is that when the song ends, <laughs> that's playing on the yeah, uh, what is that turntable? Then the ball is going to drop and Basil's going to die because he's going to be like the axe is going to come down. He's going to get shot and there's all these sorts of complicated. Yeah, there's an arrow that's going to shoot yeah. at him. There's a anvil that's going to drop on them and squish them all. When like one yeah. of those things would have been adequate. Yeah, they only need one, and they probably just need to do it then and there. But there's the breaks. I guess it's a bit of comedy. I suppose so. They managed to get out, though. They do. And we also find out what the point of this robot was that Flavishy was mm. creating. 
Yeah. And it's this life-size queen replica. Yeah. Because... Life-size mouse queen, well, just to be clear. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> life-size mouse queen, yes. that um, They've made a queen robot who can be controlled by an outside sort of... Yeah person and talk and everything He's take over. and Radigan's going to take over and mm. get himself appointed by this queen robot as like her advisor or something that he's mm. going to get to live in the palace and be in charge of stuff with her and my question about this is even if people believed that the queen robot was actually the queen yeah and it was realistic enough for that mm-hmm is no one going to notice the really long cord coming out the back <laughs> of her? It's not like it even moves around freely. There's a really long power cord that comes yeah. out of the back of this yeah. and has to be plugged into something, I suppose, if there's this long cord. Yeah. Is no one going to notice a cord? Nah. Nah. Yeah. I don't think so. They're only mice after all. Oh, I suppose so. And my other um, question was, where do Toby's owners think he is when he is rescuing Basil and he's an awesome I'm dog. Say Watson Dawson from the docks now, and then taking him to Buckingham Palace? Where do the owners think he is? They are not responsible pet owners. Don't know. And uh, well, what about the cat? Well, maybe doesn't the cat belong to Radigan? Possibly. Isn't that why she's so fat? Because he keeps feeding all the mice to yeah, her. Yeah, pro- probably. But Toby, I think, own is owned by. Sherlock, isn't he? I think so. I think that's what they I th- that's imply. That's what they imply, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Basil and Dawson crash the party and there's a big chase. Disney loves a good chase scene. Everyone loves a chase scene. Yep. And they all end up inside the Big Ben clock tower. Yeah, because they end up on this big blimp sort of like Yeah, it's all a bit... <laughs> flying through the London sky and I'm wondering how high up does this blimp thing go that is being piloted by two mice it's and a bit of duck tails going bat. on there. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Like, it was odd and yes, they end up in the Big Ben clock tower which this is an incredible yeah, scene. Yeah, this is where we see those gears clicking around and you can straight away see the difference in the animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because you know, the perspective is really cool. The way that the the movement of all of the you know cogs, it's pretty cool. I liked it. It's a really great scene, and I think it was very yeah. reminiscent of Beauty and the Beast, mm. where they're sort of running around at the top of a, a tall building and trying to catch each other. There were, I think, that there mm. were parts of animation that was used from Beauty and the Beast that were almost exact sequences from this film mm. because it was really, really, really similar. And look, you know, I think it's a really, if you're thinking of Disney history and and history of animation and, and all of that, it's a really important moment for Disney to showcase this new technology. Absolutely. Um, because it, pretty much every Disney movie since then's, you know, used some kind of digital animation, some graphics. You yeah, know? definitely. Well, it's easier. And, you know, now you've got. Movies like Frozen, which are completely completely animated, animated on yeah. A computer. yeah, and it was the start of something really big. Was it the start of something new? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, so we have a classic Disney villain falling to their death. Yeah. As well. Yeah. In this, where Radigan falls off of Big Ben mm. to his presumed demise because we always see the villains fall but we never see the villains land yeah 
So what is Disney saying? This happened in um, Hunchback as well. Yep. Is that one that we watched that this happened in? What other ones have we watched and talked about Lion that this King. happened in? We haven't, yeah, it happens in The Lion King, but we haven't. Yeah. It happens in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Happens in like lots of them. Mm. They're on the top of a tall building and then they fall and that's mm. it. But Basil falls in this too and when unsure about whether he has lived to tell the tale, yep. but he comes up on the little. Just the pedals and propeller from the yeah, blimp that have yeah. somehow survived this whole <laughs> schmozzle and have managed to save him. So, mm. yeah, Olivia and her father are reunited and leaving. And It's a happy ending. It's a happy ending. Dawson's going to stay on as Basil's associate and everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that was The Great Mouse Detective. It was a weird one. Well, how long did you say it went for? 74 minutes. And I think, like... I don't think it could have gone on for any longer unless they put in some more musical numbers, you know, like... <laughs> was that the only... No, because there was two... Or some there more was, dancing mice, you there know. There was a Sexy Mouse song and then there was Oh Rat Again. Was there another... Yeah, I don't think there was. Does Vincent Price sing two songs in this or just the one? Oh, I think he might have sang two. I don't remember. Yeah. But look, it was a really good movie. I, I don't think I was bored because it didn't go long enough to... I it don't... was short, but it felt like it told a complete story. So yeah. it didn't need to... Didn't need any longer than that. Yeah, that's right. I don't right. remember it being that short as a kid. When I looked no. up how long it went for, it was like 74 minutes. I was like, really? Mm. That seems unusual that that's a feature-length film. Yeah. That would have come out in cinemas and everything. Yeah. It did. I think, you know, like it, it's it, – what it did is it, it went from place to place within the story but didn't spend too much time at any one place. Which I thought kept the pace going. It kept things moving. So, you know, like they're at the original toy shop momentarily. Then they're on the streets. Then they're in Basil's place. And then they're in Radigan's. And then it just keeps going on and on mm. and on. And they don't spend too much time in any one place. So it keeps things moving. What I liked about it is that they built like a complete world. Mm-hmm out of all these places and they didn't explain any of it to us. We just sort of accepted it. But yeah. it was a complete world with these mice that live amongst the, the humans. Yep. So they didn't, you know, have the mice living separately. This wasn't mouse land where they all live. No. This was London and that's just what it was. And I thought of, I really liked the idea that there were mice that, that were the equivalent of the humans. Mm. You know, if there was a human queen, there was a mouse queen yep. that looked exactly the same. <laughs> yep. Just, I just thought that was quite cute. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. Yeah, pretty funny. All right. So how? Oh, what? Am I, how many sexy mouse songs do you give Ooh. this? <laughs> <laughs> sexy mouse songs or sexy mouse dances? Oh, both. Um, Are they different? <laughs> sexy cabaret shows. Uh, That's about a mouse, so it's not inappropriate. Look, oh, it was an enjoyable movie. There wasn't much wrong with it. Like, really, yeah. just wasn't much wrong with it, except some of those little awkward moments we talked about. Yeah, look, I'd say I'd give it a, like a six and a half, seven. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, it wasn't bad at all. It just, yeah. I think that I'd give it the same. Six um, and a half, how seven. many How many Big Ben clock gears would you give it? Are they computer animated clock gears? Yeah, yeah. Or just regular <laughs> clock gears? Oh, well, they're the same as you. Six and a half, seven, I think. Yep. I think that it's a good, solid movie. I think that it's weird. And actually, I read somewhere that Disney didn't release this on VHS until like 1992 because it's yeah. dark and scary and has a sexy mouse song and they're like the censors didn't like it once it came out. Mm. Um, so then it wasn't re-released until 1992 on VHS, which maybe explains why you didn't see it. 
because it hadn't been because presumably like if your family was like mine we didn't go to the movies a lot as mm, kids no. i can remember the first movie i remember going to see at the movies was the lion king and that was 1994 mm. i think so i still would have been quite young then that's i think that's the first movie i remember going to see but so we didn't go to the movie so i would have had to have had it on vhs and by 1992 you guys were probably you were probably a bit old for sitting around watching Disney cartoons on VHS. You'd think so. Until you <laughs> got into your late 30s and met a girl who <laughs> forces you to make a podcast about them. Yes, exactly. that's the case. <laughs> yeah. um, anything else you want to say about this flick before oh, we wrap look, it up? It's, look, it's worth a watch because, the, you know, like even given its age, the, the animation is still quite good because, because of... Remastering? Yeah, remastering and I think... Disney always do such a good job, no matter what period you're talking about, mm-hmm. that it, it still stacks up. You know, you can still watch it without going, oh, that's horrible to watch, to look at. You know, it's still very good. Yeah, it's still very good quality animation. Would you recommend this for, like, young children? I think it's scary. Yeah, because, like, kids see lots of different things these days in the media. I don't think it's the worst thing they could see on television. But oh. should they? <laughs> Just because they can doesn't mean they should. I think that this movie is I don't scary. Think, I don't think they'd give the sexy dance too much heed. Um, and it's not that. But, it's but kids, all, but kids, how dark and freaky yeah, it is. Seeing, seeing them put, you know, put to death these, these mice. And all the jump scares. And that yeah. bat is but, freaky. You know, it's okay for kids to have a scare. I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah. I liked this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would recommend it. Sit down and watch it with your kids. I just wanted you to say that because you say that at the end of literally every single what? podcast that we do. Sit down and watch it with your kids. Yeah. Well, it's better than them watching it by themselves and be going, like, what's going on? <laughs> Alrighty, so that brings us to the end of our episode on The Great Mouse Detective, episode 17. Yeah. The Great Mouse Detective. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Presenting Pixie Dust. Thank you to all the new people that have been dropping in and listening. We appreciate you. It's great to see listeners from all around the world finding the show and I just I love to see it. So thank you so much. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest Disney news. And if you're on an iPhone, please go and rate the show five stars and leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts so that more people around the world can find this show and hopefully enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. You can tune into Brett's podcast, Teaching for Dummies, wherever you get your podcasts as well, and have a magical week. We will chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.